0: Okay, good morning. Um. Honestly, I think it might be too hot. Too hot to make pour over. So I think I'm just gonna go for a cold brew this morning. What a way to start the day. I guess it's like, it's hot out. It's almost summer. It is summer. Okay, let's see. Okay, so I heard this next guest song, Animal Style, on a Spotify playlist or something, and I quickly realized that myself and today's artist, Via, shared the same manager. So we started following each other on social media, and I quickly became such a fan of not only Via's incredible singing voice, but also her social media voice, Her personality and attitude and the little bits that she shared about herself on Instagram were very engaging. And so I had been really excited to get to chat with her and get to know her a little bit. And since we have the same management team, I guess you could say I had a pretty good hookup. Okay, let's see. I've got a really good cold brew situation from Stumptown. Okay. Guys, I can't stop with the cold brew, with the oat milk situation is delicious. Welcome back to my caffeine withdrawal. If you can believe it, this is the very last episode of season two. And if you guys have been following this podcast and looking forward to season three, I hope that you will go ahead and give us a kind review and rating and share with your friends on social media and all that good stuff. Much like music and coffee, hearing from you guys really does encourage me to keep going and to keep making stuff like this podcast. Also, I have a couple of other ideas about ways to support Season 3, which you can find in the show notes or just by listening all the way to the end of this episode. Ice going. It's officially summer if I'm starting the day with iced coffee as opposed to hot coffee. Cause it has to be pretty, pretty um, warm out for me to do that. Usually I'm only a four over person in the morning. All right, here we go. You know what else is really good is a little half and half of this, but today I'm doing, like I said, I'm on the open train. Okay, so back to today's artist. It has been such a wild year for so many, and I think you will appreciate hearing from Via and hearing our chat today. We get into not only how Via got into music, for starting as a backup singer, uh, but also about some of the changes and big decisions that she's had to make in the last year, such as going through a breakup and moving out of LA to be closer to family in Ohio. And we really get into how she's continuing to make progress and move forward despite so many changes in the world and despite a lot of opportunities to perform that have been taken away from her this last year due to COVID. But first, we got started by talking about her new attic office space and of course, coffee. And Via told me a little bit about her coffee spot at home in Dayton, Ohio. I'm like, I'm ready. Cold brew, it just doesn't take long. It's just, it hits my brain and I'm ready to go. Like, I think I should probably go running after this.
1: Right now, well, I was um, in LA for like ten years, and then you know, pandemic, and so um, I just I drove cross country to be with my family in Dayton, Ohio. Okay, I don't know if you've heard of Dayton, but (laughs) um, like Southern Ohio near Columbus and Cincinnati. But um, yeah, so I've been here since the beginning of November. Okay, yeah. And in this particular room, I'm in my um, <laughs> I'm in my best friend's. Uh, it's her house, and this is like her attic space. Okay. And she like she was like, well, when you come here, you should just like make this like little room or the whole attic if you want, but like this room specifically for sound and stuff. Yeah. Um, your little studio space, so that while you're here, you can work on stuff remotely. And I was like, sweet.
0: So, oh, that's awesome! Yeah,
1: so that's where I am physically right in this moment.
0: Yeah, it's good to have like your own little workspace. I'm sure with like if you're back being with like family and
1: yes, all of that. For yeah, for sure, for sure. because um, like at my sister's, I have no, no real space to myself. I mean, I have a room, but I have a nephew also, and <laughs> so my nephew pretty much like commandeers every space of the house. Okay, so pretty much don't have space to myself right now. How <laughs> old is your nephew? he's seven. Oh,
0: okay yeah he probably likes having you there and play with him and or
1: <laughs> honestly I don't
2: know <laughs> <You> don't... he's
1: <laughs> he's autistic so like okay. it's it's kind of hard to gauge whether like he really enjoys something or not you know since he can't yeah. really like express himself how how like we would neurotypical people would speak our minds with words yeah so I really don't know yeah. I'm, but I'm, I hope he does. Yeah.
0: And getting to be there, I guess, like when he's young and seeing certain things, you know, rather than in LA, I'm sure there's some like good things about. Him.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. I haven't been like really in his life consistently his whole life. So, yeah. It, even if he doesn't want me around, it's good for me. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So, since this is, um, a coffee show. Do you have now that you're in Ohio? Mm-hmm. Have you gotten into any sort of routine, or are you sort of at the mercy of your family, or do you like how have you been working? Like working, yeah, on your music? yeah, or or do mm-hmm. you, <laughs> or is it like yeah. oh, today no, I can't? I mean, it's
1: a, it's, yeah, it's a difficult it's a like time. Very fair question. Yeah. Um, when I first got here, it was really hard to like figure out how to incorporate like my lifestyle with their lifestyle. Not that they, I don't really have the kind of family that bombards me or anything, or they like want to hang out with me all the time or is asking me what I'm doing. They're very like hands off, which is like really, really good for me because I'm just a really like free flowing person anyway. Mm -hmm. So I come in and out. But at at the beginning, yes, it was really, really hard. Um, And one of the things that like kind of kept me in sort of a routine that reminded me of living in LA which I did in LA was like going and getting coffee every day because mm-hmm. I love coffee um so I'll get like I'll just go to um I don't know if like should I say names yeah or- yeah oh. no because then we can
0: we can put it in like the show notes if someone lives in Ohio or is oh okay, in, cool. yeah so like what's your yeah. spot or what's For or sure. if you would don't mind saying
1: uh, yeah, no, not at all. I I love these places. Um, so at my best friend, whose house I'm at now, she introduced me to this place called Press. Okay. And it's like right down the street from her, so we'll walk and go get coffee there. It's really great. Um, they're all like kind of boutiquey mm-hmm. indie, you know, shops. They're not like um, conglomerate, you know, coffee places. And then there's another place that has a drive-through, which I'm obsessed with because in LA there's like barely any drive-throughs, and that was. One of the only things that I really missed when I left Ohio to go to LA is yeah. that like, there's barely any parking and there's no drive throughs for anything. So you always have to park, pay, and get out of the car. And um, this other coffee shop called Warehouse 4 has a drive-thru. So mm. it's been like my new spot that I go to every day. Um, and my drink of choice is an oat milk latte with a little bit of simple syrup pretty pretty basic that sounds but.
0: no that sounds delicious i love it's the yeah i i'm usually more of like pour over or americano person but like i feel like Ooh. for some reason like if i have a second coffee or like like later in yes. the i always get like an oat milk latte or an iced oat milk latte or something
1: yeah um actually um, one of the guys that you've had on your show i went into his coffee spot what is that called
0: uh oh Glo. yeah, yeah dego
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. um when i was there I uh he, he had just like just opened or something and so I went in and he suggested like this orange peel like coffee thing oh, sounds I right I remember the name of it but uh, yeah but I was like oh I don't know if that's gonna be my vibe and he was like no for real it's really good and I tried it and I loved it and anytime I was like in the Silver Lake area I would get it yeah. So that's that's one in, in LA that I really liked too
0: yeah Dayglo is one of my favorites and um Tom always comes up with like the craziest drinks, but they're always yeah. really like interesting and delicious and yeah. I know. He's cool.
1: such a connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in your family, are you tell me about like growing up um and music in Ohio and in your family like are other people in your family musical or you said they kind of weren't or what was it like? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nobody in my family really maintained any music like my dad was the only one that kind of grew up a little bit in music he's mm-hmm. from north carolina and his dad ran this uh a black church my dad's black my mom's white and mm-hmm. my dad's dad ran um the choir and the band for their church and so basically he like The way my dad puts it, he kind of forced all of his kids to be involved or learn an instrument and sing and stuff. So my dad was a part of that. But I think because he was forced to do it, he kind of rejected it once he had a choice, you know. Right. So he didn't really keep up with it too much. Um, He DJed after that, like when he went into the service. My parents are both in the military. That's how they met each other. But um, but yeah, so that's the only person who kind of has like a musical background. Nobody else really has any musical Background, or they don't play or make music or anything now. So I've been kind of the only one that like knew from childhood that that's what I wanted to do. And they encouraged me to do it. But again, I think because of specifically my dad's like experience of like having it forced upon him, he didn't Mm. really want to force it on me. So there wasn't like a ton of like nurturing into it or a ton of pushing me to be in anything. It was pretty much just all me like mm-hmm. if i wanted to go enter myself into like a singing competition or like a the choir or make music with like producers or a band or something it was pretty much all just me having to kind of like you know the, yeah. the motivation the motivator to do it for myself
2: yeah
0: do you remember any times as like a little kid where you were like oh like like what things would make you go like oh this is me like this is what i want to do like
1: do you have yeah I do have a really, really, really specific memory and thing Mm -hmm. that I always kind of come back to that was like, I want to do that. I just, I don't know how I acquired the movie Selena or how I watched it, but after watching the movie Selena, I was like, this is what I want to do. Oh my God, I'm so in love. It looks so fun. I just wanted to be her. And so I think that prompted a lot of like, the appeal to it for me mm-hmm. and then um i mean i could always sing i don't play instruments very well but like i have learned along the way but singing was always just came really naturally to me so that mixed with seeing like a pop star and like hearing pop music really was like oh i want to do that for sure very yeah. at a very young age
0: yeah and then when you were in school were you in choir and all of that stuff or was it or what was like your school like with music yeah
1: yeah I was in choir um from I guess when you could like from middle school on Mm -hmm. I was pretty much in choir and then through high school and then when I got to college I didn't really pursue music in college which is kind of interesting I went for something else I think I, I was like well I don't know if how I'm gonna make a living doing music or whatever so yeah I think I just did what I thought I was supposed to do and I went to college for, um, I went to a bunch of different colleges actually to try to figure it out, but I ended up in LA going to FITM for visual communications. So that's what I went to school and got a degree for, but I didn't do music then and I'm actually kind of glad I didn't because it kind of fell back into my life naturally like Mm. after I was done with college and it didn't feel like... I don't know like I have been in a rat race forever. You know right. what I mean? Like Yeah.
0: So, I mean there's sense? Yeah, it does to me. Like there's something about like like things opening up or like kind of just listening to what feels like the right lane to go down and not like you said like forcing things or Yeah. You know.
1: Like,
0: like sort of I, letting I, things letting kind of I don't know, the universe or whatever like Point you in certain directions. And then it doesn't mean you don't take action, but just that, like, you, yeah. I mean, that makes yeah, sense to me. Mm-hmm. And also, um, like, does that visual degree, does that, like, help you now at all? Or,
1: yeah, definitely. I, start, <laughs> I mean, I think it just does naturally with other uh, things that you do. Oh, I don't know if that's me or, sorry. Oh, <laughs> you can hear that okay. siren. But, um, but yeah, I think it just kind of like it creeps its way in no matter whether I want to do it or not (laughs) in terms of like graphic design and things like that. Like I don't love doing those things, which is it's also ironic that I went to school for it. Like I don't love doing it, but I do like having control over it. So for sure. Right. When I started making music, like I created, you know, like all the posters and um, like show promo and covers and things like that. Mm -hmm. I took care of all that because one you know to save money and two because I could and I was like I might as well just like be in control of this and kind of sort of create some sort of brand or look or visual representation of me yeah um I have the skills so why not use them so yeah it's come in handy again like it's not my favorite part of the music of music making and being in the music industry but I do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do it. No, I, um, I feel like it's funny how all the different skills that we acquire end up helping in this career just because it's such a creative, I don't know. There's just yeah. like, so many aspects to it besides just the actual song itself, you know? I know. Um,
1: it's kind of crazy how much it's probably like changed for artists over the years of having to be so much more involved in Mm-hmm. other other facets of their career other than just the music making and the performing like
2: mm-hmm. you, know, you kind of have
1: to be everything you have to design your stuff a lot of times if you can't afford to hire somebody you have to be like your PR and promo manager like online like social media manager your manager your tour manager like all these different things yeah especially as an indie artist so that's that's been my experience like I pretty much had to take every single role on so that I can just even get the music out to people.
0: Yeah. Know. Tell me about, is FITM is where you were? For, um, mm-hmm. So t- tell me about like um, a moment or how it started working out that music came back into
1: your world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, whoa, when was that? It was like 2013 Did or something. Um, So I graduated and right after I graduated, I was pretty like, kind of lost like I didn't mm-hmm. really know exactly what I wanted I was doing some graphic design work but it, I was working for like really toxic bosses and just wasn't I was like miserable all the time so I left that and really wasn't doing that much creatively at the time like I was just a server and you know, nannying and things like that um and which there's nothing wrong with those but I that was what I was doing and um then uh, a friend of mine Oh, I went to a show. I went to my friend's show. Her name is Blimes. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's Mm in like a rap duo with like Blimes and Gab and they call themselves bad, but really good. And I've known her for a while since I moved to LA and I went to one of her shows. And then backstage we were talking and she was like, Oh, you're a singer, right? Like kind of just like, you know, off the cuff. I, I wasn't like advertising that I was a singer at the time, but she was like, a Singer, my friend, is looking for backup singers for this project that they're developing. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but, like, you know, it could be fun to do. And I was like, okay. And then we show up, and it was, like, the beginning of, like, Doja Cat's career. So oh, wow. I backup sing. Yeah, so I backup sing for Doja Cat. And basically just me and the other girl who backup for just got the job, like, right there. Because we, they heard us sing, and we were friends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's very much, like, L.A., like, you... You know somebody, you're friends with somebody, and then it kind of just all happens mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly. So, so yeah, we've been seeing for her for a little while. Um, and then through that is how I ended up meeting uh, – what did I – sorry, I'm trying to like – I'm going no, back through the
2: okay. of my, my Yeah, it's <laughs> – um,
1: <laughs> But – yeah, so we were back up singing for her for a little while. And then through that, we met Anderson Pack's band because his band was also playing for Doja at the time. So then through knowing them and having everybody knows that, like, we're good and talented and we work well yeah. together, you know, is how I started back and singing for Anderson Pack. Okay, cool. tour in, like, 2016, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, so... It kind of just like all happened really organically, and I wasn't really looking for anything. And that is kind of like the magic of it to me is that I was feeling so just like unfulfilled and lost at the time, and then Mm -hmm. just something sort of like came into my ether, and I said yes as opposed to saying like, oh no, I don't sing right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then then it all just kind of like dominoed from there into doing my own thing after that. Yeah. While you
0: were working with anderson pack um and doja cat did were you like working on music on your own on the side or what you just waited yeah you were you were okay i was
1: yeah i i hadn't seriously considered being a solo artist really up until that point and then just kind of like sort of that selena feeling where i was like around it and i saw it and it was like so magical and fun looking so and like we had so much fun like performing and just like seeing certain work ethics and like all these different things and you know it's just super magical to like be in the midst of a bunch of people that are like really talented so um I'm through Doja is actually how I met my producer because he was also her producer at the time Mm -hmm. I think he still is yeah and so uh we started working together and that's basically how I created the first, like, batch of my music. And I pretty much was just, like, working on music throughout that whole time that I was backup singing with them. Uh-huh. Just so that, like, when the time came for me to put out my stuff and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it was, like, the right time. I wasn't on tour. I could be, like, okay, this is what I want to do now. Then it'd be ready. And mm-hmm. so that's how I started creating my music was all throughout that time. Awesome.
0: And then what was it – what was the experience like, like, putting out that first – was it an EP or an album? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I I put out some
1: singles and then uh, the EP a little bit
0: later. Okay. Mm -hmm. And did you – did that same producer help you or were you pretty much just, like, solo, like, doing it yourself? Like, as far as just, like, I guess, like, more the nuts and bolts of it of, like, uploading it to Um, TuneCore and, like, or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. That was, like, all –
1: all me yeah Um, I know that like if he could have helped me at that time do a little bit more of like that the the logistical and like back end stuff like he would have but yeah as as we've seen Doja Cat has become like huge yeah so he was very busy with that so I was like all right that's I'm just gonna like take care of it all myself I'm just you know like kind of a like a self starter, I guess, in that way. Maybe that's from the childhood part where, like, no one really pushed me. I kind of just had to, like, if you want it done, you have to do it yourself kind of vibe. Yeah. So, um, so it was pretty much all me, like, getting everything out. I, like, booked all my shows. Um, you know, just hustled a lot, like, at the beginning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all, what was your, me. <laughs> what was like your first <laughs> show in LA? Or was that your it first? Was-
1: yeah. 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 Um, my first show as Via in L.A. was mm-hmm. at Lot One, which is now, I think, the Monty Burger, Monty Burger oh. or something in Echo Park. OK. Yeah. <laughs> which is like, oh, it's so bittersweet because I love Monty's because I love vegan burgers. But um, it's it was this place called Lot One where like it was uh a little more accessible as an indie artist or an artist that was just starting out, like regardless to mm-hmm. book a show there because they were very much like down. It wasn't like a a venue that you needed to be sure you sold a certain amount of tickets or like mm-hmm. things like that. You know what I mean? That, are, that kind of like a, a clout thing or a money thing or like whatever dictated whether you could book a show there. So they were just like, yeah, sure, book a show. So I was like, sweet. So uh, I booked a show there and I like set up the lineup of like my friends opening up for me. And it was like really, really, really fun. I loved that show.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, wow. So so then after that show, like how did you know how to proceed or mm-hmm. um, like what, what how did you know what like the next steps were?
1: How did you feel? <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of just like ugh. it was a combo. Mm-hmm. I, of course, like learned as I went, but mm-hmm. I do like attribute a lot of just the the very beginning stages of like how to proceed uh-huh. from that particular producer that I was working with. His name, his producer yeah. name, was Yeti, but um, which is funny. I'm on my Yeti mic, so. <laughs> but. <laughs> But he kind of helped me out because he had been a- apart from working with Doja and other what, big artists. He used to be in a band when he was younger, and so he was like, "This is what I would do, like when I was in a band starting out. So I would like just send my music to all these different people to like book shows to you know get whatever kinds of like deals like sponsorships or things like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like, he made it really apparent that like. Starting out, if you don't have like something backing you, you know, like a ton of money or a record label, or you know, some you're not signed to any PR thing or whatever, that you'll just have to kind of like be your own manager. So I would often pretend to be my own manager. Mm-hmm. I would sign it as like a different name and be like, "I'm representing Leah." Oh, wow. like you know, we think she'd be a great fit for this. You yeah, know? Like, no, that's a common. So
0: I've. <laughs> yeah. I've other artists on this show have like said that before that like oh well you know yeah yeah Yeah. yeah,
1: it's very real um and so and I would often pretend to be Yeti a lot too because Uh since he already kind of like had a little bit of a name in the industry I would just pretend to be him and I mean no surprise that a lot of times I would get a better response if I pretended to be a guy or a guy manager or something so um that's pretty much how I proceeded I just like pretend it to be my own representation and would just reach out to like every single thing that I wanted to do or play
0: yeah um I was just thinking about I mean I feel similar when I was in New York like I didn't know how to do like music felt like such a mystery to me but I Mm -hmm. had those friends who would be like I'd be like well I want to play at Rockwood and then they'd be like They'd be like, "Oh yeah, you need to just email so and so," and then I'm like, "I'll just mm. email so and so," you know. Like Matt, it was yeah. the same. Like, Do you? and they're like, yeah. "Yeah," and just, you know. So like having those like music friends specifically that are like that like are in your corner and like can just kind of like guide you a bit is so helpful.
1: It's um, yeah, it it really is like yeah it it sounds like so cliche to be like it's you know you got to have connections or you like, it's good to make connections and things like that. Like it, it's more real than, you know, and not like connections in like a sleazy way, but like, you know, making like genuine and authentic, like friendships and connections within your field really does make a difference. And when they think of, when they think of like a show or they think of like an opener, they'll think of you, you know, that particular thing happened to me. Um, I mean, it's happened, you know, numerous times, but like one that kind of stands out to me that I was just like, why would you, it's so crazy that you would think of me for this. Um, this, her, her name is Valida and she's a KCRW DJ. Uh huh. Um, and she used to do, which sadly it's, it has dissolved since the pandemic started, but she used to do. This when every Wednesday it was called Desert Nights, and she would book like a couple acts to come in and do like acoustic or like low key sets because it was held at the Hollywood Standard,
2: okay, and
1: um, the hotel, and uh, one of the Desert Nights she was having Twin Shadow play. Mm. And she just, like, thought of me for it and was, like, I just think you'd be a great fit to open up for him. So, like, do you want this? And I was, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, I'd love to meet Twin Shadow and, like, I love his music, so it'd be awesome. Yeah. So things like that, like, kind of just, I don't know. They, again, more, I guess, like, that organic thing happening with, like, your friends around you and your connections around you that are just, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Sorry, I'm rambling. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so when it comes to writing, do you tend to write mm-hmm. like with a, a lot of other people or like, um, what, yeah, like what's your writing process like, or does it more like by yourself and then you bring it to people or like, how do you, how, mm-hmm. or, or, or how has it been and how
1: has it changed? Just. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it has changed. Um, at the beginning when I would write music with Yeti, I we would be in the studio together and he would kind of come up with something or I would help him come up with something, some like piano line or beat or whatever. And then I would write to it there um, while I was at the studio. And he didn't really help me write like the lyrics or the melody, but like kind of just like the getting there part, um, the inspiration with like the beat already made kind of helped me and just like being there and hearing it and like getting in the zone. And It's kind of evolved with different people that I've worked with where now I have since, like, will write something at home, like on my guitar or the piano, and then bring it in. And the producer will help me finish it out and build it out. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, like, in a really interesting phase because since everything has happened with the pandemic and i've like come here to kind of just like regroup a little bit yeah i'm learning how to produce myself so i take like production lessons from a really good friend of mine who's an amazing singer songwriter producer her name's party nails
0: oh um um, yeah i know alana yeah Alana.
1: yeah
0: i know her yeah i know her well i mean i know like um so Caleb Shreve, who runs mm-hmm. Cofonic, um, he produced all my first, like, an EP of mine, an album of mine um, in oh, New cool. York. And so then I would – and then he moved to LA before me, but I would hang out with um, – it's, like, Caleb and Alana, like, once I moved to LA um, uh-huh. and that whole – Group and yeah, no that's way. so cool. Yeah, what I actually, I know it is a small world, <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah, she's, um, yeah, she's really good with all of that stuff. So, yeah,
1: she's super rad and she's been helping me learn how to produce. So now I'm like in this new adventure phase where I'm like trying not to have to or need to rely on people as much to create the song, uh-huh. like, I can if I really, really, I, I would love to eventually get to a point where like I could just start the song all by myself, you know, writing it here how I normally would, but then like build out the beat and the song and it be totally, completely produced by me. And I wouldn't need to collaborate with anyone. But as of right now, I'm still learning. So I'm like, starting beats essentially like uh, I'm starting a lot of like verse pre course chorus and then I'm done because like that's (laughs) everything takes forever for me in producing right now so it's like that's as far as I'll get before I'm like uninspired and go to another thing Mm -hmm. but um but yeah so I've started a bunch of stuff here in that way that I plan on finishing, like, for my next EP that I'm really excited about. And I probably will collaborate and, like, reach out to some producers that I've worked with before that I really like. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, my goal is to, like, be able to produce it all by myself eventually.
0: Yeah. Um, and love it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's – I mean, one of the good things about the pandemic is, like, you're sort of being forced to figure out, oh, what what of these things do I – like, can, what, what new things can I learn or how can I use this time in some yeah. way to my advantage?
1: Um, for sure. It's kind of forced everybody to, like, get more insular and, like, independent. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether you really want to or not. But I think it always is going to benefit you to be more self-sufficient. Yeah. For me specifically, because I I did, like... I think I just wasn't giving myself permission really before to be all these things that I really want to be. You know, mm-hmm. I was like a singer, songwriter and a performer and I knew I was good at those. So I was like, well, just kind of like stay in my lane, I guess, uh-huh. and like leave the other things to other people who are really good at those things. And it's kind of forced me to be like, no, you can be whatever you want. Like you can give yourself permission now to Yeah. Like, there's no reason not to you kind of have no choice and these are things that you've always wanted to do so go forth <laughs>
0: also i think just learning new skills whether or not they're your like even if like your number one thing is to be writing the songs and singing them knowing how mm-hmm. to produce and like use these different programs it's just like easier to communicate with people you'll collaborate in the yes. future and i feel like then you have more control over like it's more of a choice to collaborate rather than like, well, I have to because I don't know how to do this stuff. Like I yes. have to, you know, like, but I feel you. 100. I mean, it's I'm like so impressed that you're doing that. I feel like for me, I have logic on my computer and I'm just like, I only get so far and then I'm like, OK, it's too much. I it, it is overwhelming. So like, I'm, no <laughs> I'm like, I'm like applauding you and I'm hoping it will inspire me to also get a little more. <laughs> get a little more knowledge cuz i definitely depend like i have a really good friend ben that i collaborate with and i'm lucky cuz i have been able to still work with him a bit during the pandemic but like mm-hmm. i mean sometimes i'm like i don't know how far i could get without him you know like i don't you know so mm-hmm. it's awesome that you're doing that i think it's so Thanks. cool yeah it's Thank so great you. um yeah so what are okay when have you had a time when you weren't sure like what the next step was and then how did you move forward? Like it come when it comes to music? Like did you have you ever had a time when you've been like, okay, this might be I'm might be done or I don't know what to do after this. Like I put out my song and now what? Or like when's the time you've really felt like I don't know what's next and how did you how like how did you know what was next? How did you
2: get
1: through it? Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I feel like or do uh, you have a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh gosh. I, I like don't want to I don't want to go in like a depressing route, but I kind of felt like that, like once the pandemic hit, like yeah. that's what I felt, and I'm kind of just now like getting to a place where I'm like wanting to continue and forge on in like making music and putting it out and figuring out what my music career and music lifestyle will be as this continues or when things open up. I, I don't, I don't really believe anything will necessarily go back to normal, but like, you know, when more things are accessible, right when the pandemic hit, I was like, everything had fallen like out from under me. Like I was signed to like a boutique college booking agency that I, was pretty much making my living off of, like, in 2019.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: they, that dissolved when the pandemic hit. I, any other, like, forms of income that I had, like, whether it was performing or, like, you know, just random, like, gigs. Like, I I nannied this, like, nine-year-old. who was, like, super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like, things like that, you know? Like, everything just totally ceased. And yeah. And was no more. So that was really hard for me to... Like, I was really hard on myself because I felt shame that, like, I wasn't in a better place or a better position in my music career or, like, a bigger artist or making so much more money that this wouldn't affect me, you know? Right. So, because it surely did. And, um. I just also felt like it was, like, such a big, like, loss, kind of like a death. I was, like, grieving my former lifestyle. Everything sort of happened at the same time. Like, right before the pandemic hit, I I broke off my boyfriend. Uh I um, lost all of those, like, jobs. I had these things that were scheduled. Like, I had a bunch of shows scheduled that I was supposed to play and then couldn't, you know? Yeah. So it was really hard for me, like, mentally. And, um... Like, again, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, no, it's. I'm I think it's going I'm... into a, de- a depressing place. But even after I, like, broke up with my boyfriend, like, mm-hmm. I still had to live with him because it was, like, the same month, basically, that the pandemic happened. Yeah. So it was, like, I didn't have any money to move out, had to, like, live with this dude who, you know, ended up being, like, a really not good person. And so it was, like, just a lot to deal with at once. And so... That kind of prompted me to really figure out like what my next move was. And I think for me personally, it had to be what was like a place of mental safety and um, like care and nurturing for myself. And that to me was like, okay, well, I still want to do music, but I just don't think that I'm going to be able to do it while I live in L.A. at this moment. Mm -hmm. So. That's what prompted me to like go home and like feel safe and feel secure and kind of like build my mental stamina back up so that I could work on music again and like learn these new skills and be motivated to do these things now to be able to like want to put out music again this year. Um, I still don't really know like what yeah. performing and stuff is going to be like. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if like everything will just still be like work from home and stuff. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been kind of my journey and probably the biggest, like, phase of me not knowing what I was going to do next and then just having to make really drastic transitions to be able to continue on with doing music and feeling good about it.
0: Yeah. Um. When you were talking about, like, needing to be in a place where you feel, like, feel safe and, like, mentally mm-hmm. or even just, like, now with the pandemic, physically safe. I mean, like,
2: mm-hmm. you know, you want to yeah. be, like,
0: with your – family and with people that you you know, you don't want to catch coronavirus. You don't want to, you know, like um (laughs) I was thinking about there was this cartoon, I think it was in The New Yorker, and it was like a guy on a boat and there's like flames and like all this crazy shit happening. And then someone's like, you should use this and he's just sitting in the boat and it's calm in the boat. But they're like, you should use this time to like write that novel you wanted to write. And it was like, (sighs) it's I feel like there can be this pressure with artists. And I do it too. Like I mean, like, I, I, I've been here in LA and, like, I had, I have been really lucky, but it's still that. Then there's that pressure. It's, like, all these things happening around you and maybe not being in the best place mentally. It is really difficult to then, like, open yourself up and be able to, like, write and be able to – I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes – going through extreme situations maybe can, like, inspire you to want to say something. But I still think – I I get that. Like, you have to be – you have to feel safe, though, to actually yeah. – and you have to be in a, a stable place to actually be able to sit down. Like, use your friend's attic. Make a studio. Find us an environment of your own where you can really, right. like, work, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: No, um, I agree
1: with you. <clears throat> I'm definitely come from that mentality. Like, a lot of – people along just along the way of like life not necessarily through the pandemic even mm-hmm. but people I would like tell them what I'm going through and they're like you should write a song about that <laughs> you should just like write about it and I'm like yeah for sure for sure but like also I'm kind of just dealing with a lot so yeah that's a lot of pressure to feel like you have to work rework or work something that you're going through into art so that it will be be, have been like worth it or something or yeah. that would be, like the way that like you can get through it and I agree that like even if it might later become like the inspiration to make something or might be what you use as like uh you know my conduit I guess is like music to release that like demon or whatever yeah. into a song I still am not going to fully be able to, like, access those emotions and access what I'm really going through if I'm not in a physically and mentally safe place. Yeah. Which really was, like, my experience last year, like, living with my ex-boyfriend, you know, through it all. It was, it felt unsafe. Like, it felt mentally and physically unsafe. And um, I was, like, totally not, I had to, like, block it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I had to, like, survive a day. You know what I mean? It was just, like, yeah. I have to pretend like less is going on when actually really fucked up things are going. Yeah. It's
0: like, you can't, like you unpack it later. Like I, even yes. with this pandemic, sometimes it's like, I don't, people be like, oh, you can write about what's going on. And I'm like, I don't really know yet what's going on. Like, I'm just trying to like yeah, get through yeah. it, you know? Right. Like, like, it like, takes so
1: much time to process. Like, I don't know
0: how I feel yet about everything. So I, 100. you know, yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's tough. Like I've, I've had a couple friends actually that have gone through breakups during the pandemic, and then it's like you're stuck there because yeah. it's not exactly, especially in the beginning, it didn't feel really easy to just be like, okay, I'm gonna move out. Like it, you felt right. a, you felt a bit trapped wherever you were at the moment.
1: Totally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. But that's cool that you were able to. I mean, it's good that you were able to like make that decision for yourself and be like, I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely been an adventure it's been a full adventure yeah like year and a half
0: <laughs> yeah how did you meet like gina and libby i'm just curious since we have the same we have the same manager of the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, or how did you decide to like take uh, on management were they were your were they your first managers or did you have managers before
1: no them? i've had previous managers that like were yeah didn't not work for, out um, yeah not for me but um I'm pretty sure I think Libby reminded me that we did meet each other previously at like I I think I performed for a music publishing event Uh because music publishing and she was there. And so I think that's where we initially met. But then like I think she was working somewhere else. I don't know if she's working for Gina yet. So it wasn't like a thing where. You know she was like oh I'd love to manage you or I need a manager vibe or something. Mm-hmm. We just met as people. And then um I like maybe like a year later or something, mm-hmm. um, last year towards the end, she reached out to me again saying that she works for Gina now at a management company and wanted to manage me. And I was like, oh I have a manager at the time but I didn't want that manager. Like I was like mm-hmm. kind of like making an exit strategy out of that relationship. So I was like, so I'll I'll let you know like when this is yeah how this relationship <laughs> yeah is no over. yeah <laughs> so we can be together <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> that's pretty much like how it happened, and she was just like, I mean, she's the best. She's so great. They're both amazing. Yeah, and um, we just kept in touch after that, and I was like, all right, that that's over, and so like we can start working together if you yeah. still want to. And so that's how it all happened.
0: What do you um? the music that you're making now and like, uh, all the skills that you're learning now, like, how do you, like, is it too soon to ask, like, how, how, what do you see for like your future? Like, what are some of your like dreams or like, or like, Mm -hmm. or even just like your next, um, group of songs? Like, can you tell me more about like, what like you hope for? Um, as far as like, even if it's just like what you're making or,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like the macro vision I would really love to be able to tour again mm-hmm. uh, because that was like one of my favorite parts about the music my music career was performing so I would love yeah. to do that again and travel like outside of the U.S. so we'll see when that could ever happen but um as far as like the micro just what I'm ha- what's happening right now in this little studio um the music that I've made is like little different than music that I've put out before. And I think it's because I'm home, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's like real winter here, you know, it's like seasons are really different, the vibe is really different. I'm like finally out of a lot of situations that really were toxic and didn't serve me. And like that whole um that process, like we said, of like actually feeling what you're really feeling. Mm -hmm. um, now I can finally feel everything. So It's a little like, um, I think it just has like a nostalgic vibe. Like I'm kind of going back more to what artists and music I listened to when I still lived here, you know, 10 plus years ago, which was like, you know, like emo screamo music and like 90s music and stuff. So I've just been listening to a lot of like the band Garage. or Sorry. (laughs) garbage garbage Um, yeah (laughs) Yeah. that actually that's what Um, I thought you meant
0: when you said it I was like oh yeah yeah (laughs) I um Um,
1: we're we're in sync (laughs) but um but yeah garbage and like email stuff like just stuff that like I never would have considered making music in any way in that realm when Mm -hmm. I first started making music I was like oh I'm fully just like pop r&b like that's I don't I take songwriting influences from there, kind of do like emo songwriting with like happier R&B like beats and stuff. But now I think they, it's kind of crept its way into my music making now that I'm producing it. So it is like a little bit, a little bit like, it's not, it's not grunge music by any means, but it's like a little bit grungier and uh-huh. more nostalgic. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it.
0: What else have you been listening to that's been, like, inspiring you lately? Like, are there any
1: artists that you're, like, always listening to? Yeah. Um, I have been um, really into this guy. His name's Yuno. And he – kind of, like, the music that I was talking about, um, how it's kind of been, like, influencing my music, is kind of, like, what his music is that he puts out right now. Like, it kind of has this, like, throwback – like, alt, you know, indie emo vibe, kind of, like, Warp Tour-y, like, early Warp Tour vibes. You yeah. Know? Um, so I I love him. Um, I also love the this woman named Yola, who she is, like, an incredible... Um, it's almost, like, folky country music. Okay. Um, but she's, like, this Black woman who plays this, like, amazing soul folk country music, and I love her. And then, like, I, I've i kind of just been throwing it back, honestly. Like, I made, like, a throwback playlist with my friend Jenna, and it's, like, a lot of just, like, frou fru and garbage and Snow Patrol and, like, Death Cab for Cutie and Dashboard Confessional and, like, all yeah. these things that we used to listen to have just been, like, so in my ether right now as I've been listening, so...
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went through this whole phase with the pandemic where I was also going back and listening to, like, everything from high school. Like, I used to listen to Rilo yeah. – like, all the old Rilo Kylie stuff. I don't know if you ever got into Rilo Kylie, but
1: – A little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. but – um, so, yeah, I, I totally relate to that where you're sort of, like, going back
1: mm-hmm.
0: to stuff, nostalgic stuff. But yep. that's awesome. Um, If you could – have like a coffee date with one of your favorite artists or just anyone um who would you have a like describe the perfect coffee date <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like like an
1: That's artist that you uh, yeah um i would probably oh gosh this is tough
0: it doesn't have to be like realistic it doesn't have to like yeah, yeah. Um, anything?
1: I think it's between two people for different reasons. Okay. Like, I feel like a coffee date in, like, England or something would be great with Sade. mm mm-hmm. um, Because I love her music, and her music has super inspired my music thus far, and who just seems like a really chill, low-key person yeah. that has, like, done a lot and succeeded and stuff, so... I would love to, like, I don't know, just pick her brain and just, like, hang out with somebody so soothing. Like, mm. I would always listen to her music on the way to shows to, like, soothe me. So, I feel like just hearing her talk would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I think another person that would be really funny to have a coffee with is, like, Mariah Carey. Oh, my God. just <laughs> just like, random but not random. Like, I just kind of feel like she would be, like off the wall a little bit. Yeah. It like. But
0: also and- like, or I mean, I love Mariah Carey. Yeah. No, I love her. <laughs> Like she was like my, one of my like, when I was a kid, you know, like when you were saying Celine, I was like, oh yeah, that was like, she did that MTV Unplugged show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that show was like, I mean, I watched it so much when I was a kid. I was just like, yeah, I, I really too. loved, I just have always really loved her. But yeah, I feel like they're, she can she's like funny but also like really inspiring somehow like just yeah
1: yeah I yeah. was listening to recently I was listening to the quest love podcast and mm-hmm. she was a guest on it and she was just like surprisingly like really down to earth I guess I thought that if she was I don't I don't know even in a podcast it might be like kind of diva-y which she has every right to be like I would love <laughs> it if she was but um she <laughs> was like super low-key and just like speaking about her process and her experiences and like very very like not that it was no big deal but a very like kind of a humble way and it kind of made me feel better because she considers herself like more of a singer rather than like anything else but she actually is like very much well she does consider herself like a singer and songwriter but like People don't necessarily see her as that, I guess. Mm-hmm. They see her as like just this like amazing singer. They don't really know the parts about how she is involved in the intricacies behind making the music and like writing music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can kind of relate to that because I feel like I haven't really had a lot of time in the sun showing that part, you know? hmm. And so I just thought it was really interesting. Also, another like little anecdote that, um, why I thought she might be kind of DBE was I lived in uh Hollywood a few years ago and it was near uh Sunset and Vine, I think. Yeah, it was near there. And um, just one day, like I was in my apartment and I just heard this rumbling outside, like it was just like screaming and pandemonium, and I like fully thought that like the world was ending and I was like, Oh my God, I need to pack like my emergency bag. Like I need to get my dog. Like what's going on? Yeah. And I went outside to the balcony and it was all because she was getting her like hands on like the walk of fame or whatever. And it was just like so intense. Um, just like hearing it. Oh my gosh. Like I wish I could describe it better, but she, yeah, was like doing that. And then when I saw articles about it afterwards, It was just like very, very on point Mariah where like she was like taking a picture with her hands placed and her kids were like running up to her to try to get in the picture with her. Mm -hmm. And she like did not move an inch and just gave them like side eye and somebody had to go like scoop the kids away (laughs) so she could have her moment. And I was like, yes, (laughs) icon. But uh, yeah, that's why I feel like it would be very entertaining. She'd have stories.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she seems really cool, interesting. I got Mm -hmm. the book, the her memoir. I haven't read it yet, though. Oh, but um, yeah, Um, I'm excited to read it, though. Um,
1: I'm sure that'll be entertaining.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love your song "Animal Style." By the way, I listen to that so much. (laughs) Thank you. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. So, congratulations on all
1: your music and. Thanks. Your you too. I, I love the songs that you just recently put out. Uh, 15, oh. It's 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Fifteen. Yeah. So yeah. good. Thank you. I love you. that song. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What
0: are you singing today? Is it like a new song or an older song or what are you- No, I'm
1: actually going to sing Animal Style.
0: Oh, you so. are. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool.
1: Rad. Yeah. This is actually, you're going to be the first person that I perform my music while playing guitar to. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, I've, like, never done it before. This is, like, another thing that I'm, like, just trying to be brave about while I'm in this pandemic and just do it all by myself. Yeah. Hopefully your guitar player fans do not come for me. Oh.
0: I... (laughs) I like taught myself guitar and it's like the most random stuff I know and don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, like once in a sure. while I'll go to a, a guitar teacher for a lesson and they'll be like, it's weird. Like, you know, this weird chord, but like you don't know this like basic strum pattern or something because I just sort of like picked up what I needed, you know, like little yes. bits. So,
1: so don't, cool. I'm not. I love Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I really but, don't. I'm doing yeah. the
2: best I can. Yeah. So we'll see how it good. All good. All right i'm so sick of compromise been going every which way would i even know what to say if someone asked me what i like i think i should take some time i've been slipping away so intoxicated by everything but my own life i've been numb. Could change overdose, don't forget me. I couldn't feel anything, now I'm finally awake. Maybe it's okay, like a shot of adrenaline. Now I'm not afraid. I've been looking out for myself, but when you hold me, it helps. I'm in and I'm, I'm But when you hold me, it helps. I'm in and out. Uh, uh, I've been looking out for myself, but when you hold me, it helps. I've been looking out for myself, but when
1: you hold
2: me. I close my eyes I imagine a day When old habits fade I'm not holding back From my new life And if I'm falling behind I remember your face I want you to say Everything that's worth it Takes its time Now I'm finally awake Maybe it's okay like a shot of adrenaline. Now I'm not afraid. I've been looking out for myself. But when you hold me it helps out, I'm uh, uh, I've been looking out for myself. But when you hold me it helps
0: enjoyed this conversation with via and I hope you enjoyed her performance it's always so inspiring to me to see my other artist friends really using this last year to not only reflect and I mean just survive and be still and be with their families but to see them taking the time to learn new skills the way via is learning guitar and teaching herself more about recording I always get a little scared to be a beginner and to learn something new, but hearing Via talk about finding her little office attic space and setting aside time to learn new things was definitely something that I needed to hear, and maybe it inspired you as well. I linked a few of the things we talked about today, and I really encourage you to follow Via on social media and check out her music. She's so special, and I personally cannot wait to see what she makes next. Okay, that's the end of the COVID pandemic season two season of My Caffeine Withdrawal. It was so fun to have coffee with artists from all over, just over Zoom, and it definitely kept me connected and kept me going and kept me busy during this very lonely pandemic. I hope that maybe I've introduced you to a few cool new artists and I hope I was able to keep all of you a little bit of company as well. Now, I'm not sure what the format of Season 3 will look like yet, but I have quite a few artists to chat with in mind. So after a little summer break, I will be back with something fun for you guys in the fall. Until then, keep listening and sharing the episodes. I'll be in our official Facebook group chats often to suggest coffee spots and music I love. And also, if you would like to sponsor this podcast in some way, whether you are a company or even just you individually, please send me a little message. I'm putting an email where you can contact me in the show notes. Or another way to support this podcast is to buy a special edition signed 8x10. They're only going to be available a little bit longer, so go for it. Go get them. <laughs> okay. That's all for now. Please keep in touch with me over the summer or on Instagram and social media. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And thanks to Rob, Jeff, and Mia who helped me so much in making this podcast. And most of all, thanks for helping me to get out of bed and helping me to cure my caffeine withdrawal.